You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, TakeOver had some war games. Impact had some final resolution. AEW had some interpromotional blah, blah, blah. And we're going to take it. I don't even have interpromotional in my mouth right now. No inter- mouth in middle, no. We're going to get into all that and more this week on... Professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Bring it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening, you are watching, you are paying attention to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You are listening to Breaking Down the Ring, and we are your ring crew. I'm just Smitty. Hmm, and I'm just Z, copycat I'm motherfucker. Justin Bieber. No. Nope. Are you? No. Nope. I, I know you looked a little weird. You know, I am lonely. And me, oh, Mikey one, Mikey himself. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, fucking hi. (laughs) Uh Uh, Are you? (laughs) I'm not. Someone will be soon. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, It's recreational now. It's legal. Do it. a lot of stuff happened this week. Takeover War Games 2020 happened. Uh, we're going to talk about all of the matches that happened in that. A- AEW uh, did finally show up into other promotions. Uh, Impact Wrestling, Kenny Omega showed up with a bus interview, which was a crazy interview if you if you know the history of wrestling. like That was an interview that tied in a lot of stuff. And we'll get into that as well as you know, things that are happening on Impact. Uh, our good friend Rohit Raju was screwed. Fucking screwed. And we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but first, I want to talk about uh, something that hit earlier this week. And um, it was, uh, it, it, it's a part of wrestling. Not a part of wrestling, but part of wrestling. And uh, his history, 
Penny Lister, you know, he's hugely known for playing Debo on in the Friday series. Um, he's had some other uh, bit roles here and there, but he also uh, played Zeus in No Holds Barred against Hulk Hogan. And as our good friend Walt said, Hogan buries another one. So, <laughs> um, what's that smell? What? What's that smell? <laughs> yes. Dookie. <laughs> it's so, one of the greatest worst ham lines of all time still for sure so uh 62 years old uh tommy tiny lister uh passed away uh december 10th and again man um he was it, it's it's amazing it, it's it's really amazing to me how a dude like that is all over movies that you love, but you really only remember him from the one spot, but you can see, but you see him in all kinds of other things. Well, that's because he didn't really play a lot of starring roles. He always played like secondary roles, but the minute, the minute you see him, he's so recognizable that, I mean, you do forget he's in certain pictures, but at the same time, like when I looked up his, uh, filmography he's in a lot of shit a lot yeah yeah i was watching little nicky when i found when i uh read on uh social media that he passed and i forgot until you mentioned that that he was one of the brothers in little nicky yep yeah it's it's crazy man obviously you know he's really known for the friday series any wrestling fan knows him from no holds barred but like the amount of movies that the dude has been in and that he's known for uh, like he was in the dark night. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like the, one of the guys he was, he was actually when the Joker was trying to get everyone to blow everyone up, he was the guy that took the thing and threw it over. And, you know, he's like, give it to me. You could tell him I took it away from you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, it, just it, a part, but what? I was going to say, isn't he in Con Air as well? Um, I don't want to say no to that because I didn't go that far into his. IMDb is our friend. <laughs> I, I'm on IMDb. I didn't go that far into it. I forgot he was on Nitro. Oh, yeah. He didn't he did have to know. I, He jumped he shit, know. man. He fucking jumped shit, bro. Yeah. Didn't he have a match with Hogan or were they just using him as a promo? For no holds barred. No, he actually had matches in WWE. That that that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I don't exactly remember. Them, he had some matches. He had a survivor. He was part of a Survivor Series match. I think that's he, he was, was like he was, there, he was there for like two years. As uh, he, a, as the Zeus character, right? Yes. No, he was not in that. Okay, but it's crazy, man. You know, uh, just talking about some some of the fucking movies he did uh you know I got the hookup I still love that movie just oh kidding. man master P like master P just being master P honestly <laughs> seriously because that guy will do anything he would yeah if it's an entrepreneurial uh, venture he'll do and, it and he's been successful at everything I he's know. ever done 
Right. They actually played for the Raptors. And I'm like, what the heck? I didn't know he played. I knew he uh, tried out for the Raptors, but he, I didn't know he actually played the game. Yep. Uh, Austin Powers, gold member. He yep. was in, you know, uh, fuck, like I said, Dark Knight. Dude is in um, trying to find things like the, the IMDb. Oh, he's a, he was, all of the, he was, he was the voice of uh, Finnick. He was voice of Finnick in uh, Zootopia. Yep. Which I that just finally true. watched for the first time. That's right. And then for some reason, he was in the Human Centipede 3. Oh, God. Was he the whole centipede? Uh, probably. <laughs> or he was the tiny one. <laughs> but bottom line is, man, uh, he he obviously made a dent in wrestling. Obviously, you know, being on Nitro, being in WWF, being in uh, something memorable. And we just want to say uh, it sucks that he passed and obviously show our respect to him as well. You know. Wrestling power, my friend. Yeah, what Smitty said. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. So let's talk about a little bit about war games. War games. Let's talk a little bit about it. It was uh, it was quite a showing for me, man. I did so well on the NXT War Games card. Like it's ridiculous, guys. Like I don't know anybody who could have picked every loser possible like they were i was great i if, if you were losing that match i was picking you so huh, <laughs> huh. yeah shit <laughs> but we're still up ahead of the pro wrestling scorecards guys and i meant mention that because you know z tried to give me shit about doing horrible in this paper, in this hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give a little bit of a backstory so you don't, you know. I uh, I was shitting on Mikey for doing so well in this past event that he had to go and dig out the all-time rating stats against PW scorecards just so he could be like, "Listen, man, just because I shit the bed this one time, I've been carrying this team the rest." <laughs> so you know my 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 slight you know taunting him for to motivate him to do better backfired in my face but it also <laughs> made me realize that i'm doing way better than i thought i was yeah you're fourth overall in points yeah smitty you're doing horribly actually i'm the only one that hasn't got a goose egg yeah but you're also towards the bottom of the list of points <laughs> yeah like walt's the only one doing worse than you on our team that, that means you're not doing well. And in, in all 10 of us, you're number eight. But cool not having a goose egg. I got two of them. I got yeah, two I, of them. I, 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 got two of them I got one. I got one, and I'm in fourth. <laughs> so, <laughs> good job on that not having a goose egg, Smitty. <laughs> also. You know, like, like, like that, that makes me a good supporting role. I'm a, I'm a sixth man. <laughs> <laughs> No. And had and had I picked Gargano to win that match, I would have taken the whole PSW community. <laughs> Coulda, woulda, shoulda, man. Yep. It's uh, it's crazy though. Like I said, we're still in the lead. Uh, we're up two seventy five to two thirty three. 
Nick was like, and there's only one event left. It's TLC. So Nick goes, hey, doesn't that mean that technically pro wrestling scorecards can't win? And I'm like, no, no because they no, could score one not. through five and win it. Yeah, they, they one could- through five could destroy us. Plus, two of their guys could tie at number one. And that's 30 points right there because number one gets 15 points. So we're not out of the woods yet. I'm confident, but it doesn't mean – like right now, we, uh, we could be the Lions going into the fourth quarter. Okay. Don't compare us to those bums. Hey, what are you talking about, man? They're possibly in the wild card. It's not like I'm saying we're the Atlanta Falcons going into the fourth quarter. What's the difference? <laughs> they both uh, into the fourth. One has a shot at the playoffs. Not a the good other shot. one. The other one was in the Super Bowl, up by forty-five, looking like a cakewalk. And that's what happens when you cakewalk, man. Puff Daddy knows all about that. That's how you make a band. <laughs> I love that you almost just spit that out. <laughs> That's a good pull reference. Um, so yeah, Takeover War Games, Pro Wrestling Scorecards versus BDR Four. Uh, again, we're if we win, and that's the real hope here because you know, personally, I love giving to charity. Um, no matter what, so if we win. Our cause is, again, something personal to us because Smitty had a uh, personal interaction with the place. So, Smitty, again, go ahead and talk about it. Slow it down. Break it down. Just have a good conversation about where our – if we beat PWS, where their $100 is going to. Uh, that $100 donation will be going to the Capuchin Soup Kitchen. The Capuchin Soup Kitchen is uh, an affiliation with the, with the church, Catholic Church. And – um. They do community work and they help with the homeless. They do uh, food drives. They provide blankets and stuff. They also do things around this time for uh, underprivileged children as well. They have like toy drives and stuff like that. So, so um, I know when I was in high school, when I did my community service hours, I did most of them at the soup kitchen. And I also did community work with my grandmother's church there. So it's uh, they're actually, they're, they do community work. And it's a really nice organization. It's, it's a legit organization. What uh, you said it's called the Cabbage Soup Soup Kitchen. No, Capuchin, Capuchin Soup. Capuchin What's Soup that? Kitchen. Captain. Capuchin. C A P U Chin. Capuchin. Got it. Now I, I I didn't understand. I thought you were saying cabbage at first. That's fine. Uh, Capuchin Soup Kitchen. Again, you guys can check that out for yourself at C S K detroit.org again that's cskdetroit.org um again like just everything that smitty said it, it, not only is it about um what they've done around the city it's how they're also doing things for the future um you know one of my favorite things about their mission statement i'll just read their entire mission statement to you Inspired by the life and spirit of St. Francis of Assisi, we tend to people's basic needs, especially the need for food, strive to stimulate minds and nourish spirits, and work to understand and address root causes of social injustice in our community. In all we do, we seek to build alliances with others who share a commitment to this vision. And again, it's the third point of there that really makes me love this place the most. Because working to understand and address root causes of social injustice in our community, 
And that is something that everyone should work for because I promise you, whatever you went to school, whatever history that you learned, it's not that way for a lot of it. You have to pay more attention and read and, and, and get deeper into things because I promise you, you'll come to realize that there's a lot more history involved in the things that are happening now. And no matter what, you know, there's a saying that's you don't know where you're going until you know where you've been. Well, how can you be better if you honestly don't know where you truly been? You know, so I honestly appreciate a lot about them because they are helping to give people a true history over things to, again, make everyone better. And that's what you really want. You know, uh, that's just, you know, how it is. So did, did you say Assisi's when you were yeah. reading the name? St. Francis of Assisi. Yes. Okay. Ass, I-S-I. I, I, it, I, I know how to say it. I just like the way you say it better. How do you say it? Uh, it's not a sissies. It's a, a, you just put more emphasis on the A. I don't As- want to make it. A, there you go. Yeah. I went to Catholic school and it was so never that. It was that there was more emphasis on the A. It wasn't a sissy because I'm telling you right now, as a second grader in a Catholic school, if someone said sissy in class, I would have laughed. That's why I laughed so much at it. <laughs> because they even like at church, it was fucking because you got to go to church and school when you're in the Catholic school. And at uh-huh. church, like the St. Francis of yeah. Assisi. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my God, we're celebrating this dude who's a sissy. <laughs> He's for all you pussies out there. Maybe not said pussy, but whatever. All for you sissies out there. That's how I always took it. So, yeah. All right. That, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So, War Games. War Games. Uh, six matches in War Games. Uh, five on the main card. It kicked off with the women's War Game match. Uh, team Candice got the win. Again, Team Candice is Candace, was Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And they beat Team Shotzi, which is Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Smitty, I want to start off with you talking about this. Tell me what you thought of the match. Did it surprise you with the ending and, and things like that? And I say do that because I have to go get something to drink. I am like, something's going on. So just talk. So first and foremost, um, I thought all the matches on this card were pretty decent. Um, when it came to the women's war games match, like my problem with it is what a lot of people say about a lot of these AEW or these hardcore matches. I feel like it was just a super spot fest to a certain degree. It had its moments, but it wasn't the best match on the card. Okay. I got a question right off for it <clears throat> in a gimmick match like this. Aren't they expected to kind of be like spot fest? Well, like, you, you know, like, games, like the Men's War Games match, it wasn't this gimmick here, Spotty. Right. But now, in the interest of not trying to give you the same thing twice in one night, they probably looked at the women's match and go, okay, they did this. We're going to do this. You know what I mean? Just to I have that. I'm, 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 I'm not knocking the match by any means. It just it wasn't one of my favorite ones on the card. What, well, the I, Women's I, War Games match? Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 upset because he thinks it was a spot fest, but with a gimmick match like that, you almost expect a, a spot fest. I thought the fucking women's war game match was way better than the men's. 
I thought uh, the movie was better. I I think I like the ending of the women's match because not that it was really a swerve, but everyone really thought that Team Shotzi was going over. So to have Team Larray go over, that was pretty cool. Um, right. The, the last spot of the match was, push. was brutal. And I mean, the, the women's match, I mean, you're, you're saying it was a high spot fest, but I mean, it was pretty hard hitting as well. Like the, and the psychology behind it too. Yeah, the more I talk about it, Smitty, the more wrong you become. Uh, yeah, that women's match was spec fucktacular. Keep trying to keep Io Shirai out the entire time. Candice getting in. Well, so all you, of that, that, that kind of made particularly the last entrant. Okay, all of the advantage that Shotsky was Shotsky's, uh team was, was supposed to have. to have was gone at the end of it with Candice getting in and Io not being a- able to be in there. The telling of the story for that. And then, obviously, like Z said, now Candice is all in there and it's like, oh, my God, all that advantage went away. So they're for sure going to lose. And then still, they lost. They won. Like, it was built up in every sense of the word to make you feel Shotzi's team was winning and they lost. It was an amazing match with amazing moves. The, the men's match was all right, man. But, again, we'll get into that. But, like, I just – this match was phenomenal. Like, I'm trying to figure out why you're going in – Mr. is going in the spot fest, but <laughs> is it, I was more – I was really impressed with Dakota Kai in this one. Um, So, it wasn't my favorite match. So, her. I'm let not me get this straight – so well, basically what you're I, saying I'll, is it didn't go the way you wanted to go, it, it to go, so you got mad and it's not your favorite match. No. Well, hold on, I just because this is also not my favorite match of the night. Like, I, to me, this this wasn't match of the night, but it was, I mean, like Smitty started out saying, every every match on this card was at least decent, if not good. And some of them were great. So... I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from with the card. It was still a good match, but it's his least favorite of the night, I guess. That's well, your least no, favorite? No, second. Nope, second. Oh, his, his second least favorite of the night. Okay, so let's just go into it then. What's your least favorite match, Smitty? The uh, strap match. Fair. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. Why? Why is it fair or all? Oh. No, why why is it his least favorite match? I've never been a fan of the strap match to start off with. And um I just the whole Dexter Loomis's character as a baby face, I st- I just can't get behind it. Dexter Loomis is not a baby face. They're booking him like a baby face. That's fine, but his character is not a baby face. His character is not a heel. His character is the weird tweeter, and it's actually a really good character that nobody's done before, and you can go either way with it. Like, look at you. You think he's a babyface right now, but nothing they've really done, uh, even on commentary, necessarily states that he's a face or a heel, for that matter. He just shows up and looks creepy as fuck. I'm just, I'm not, a, like, the way they portray in a character, like, I'm just not behind the gimmick. Serial, like, psycho torture artist, serial killer, just doesn't work for me the way that, that NXT is presenting this character. Yeah, but you're looking at it like... What he was introduced as, though. Huh? It's better than what, what he was introdu- his original gimmick was in NXT. Yeah. Nazi. Yeah. yeah. 
Vince is, made, Vince is still, 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 still trying to get that Nazi character over. Yeah, it was Nobody funny. Was hiding right with Dez and uh, uh, Daniel. They had went to the uh, Las Vegas NXT house show, and that's where Dexter Loomis made his debut, and he was a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Vince was trying to do this Nazi gimmick for Daniel 15 years now. He tried to do a hiding right. No. It was not good. Um, I think my problem with the strap match, and it's actually my problem with WWE a lot lately. The original rules of these matches where there was like a specific gimmick um, to the point where even now with like TLC coming up, I'm, I'm going to hate the fuck out of this pay-per-view. I already know it because I'm going to be so annoyed with things. Like someone's going to have a chairs match. Someone's going to have a tables match. Someone's going to have a ladders match, right? And the original liners of these matches is the only thing legal is the art the thing that you're able to use in the match ladders are legal that doesn't mean you get to hit someone with a chair that's an illegal move it's not on a the TLC co- match uh but not you're right but in a ladder match you've always been allowed to use other things like there are no it's kind of like a triple threat match like a triple threat match Technically, you can use a weapon, and they've utilized that more over the years. Right. But if you watch the original triple threat match or the first 10 triple threat matches, nobody used a weapon, although in the rules, there's nothing stating you can't. Right, because there's um, no DQ. So in a, in a ladders match, That's how do a, ladders match. a ladders match, you should be able to you know, utilize the environment around you in the match. But if you're going to have a tables match later, you're not going to pull out a table. And in a chairs match, I totally agree with you that if it's called a chairs match, the only weapon legal to use is a chair. If you use a pipe, if you use a kendo stick, anything else, you are disqualified because you are only allowed to use a chair. Same thing with a strap match. The strap is the only thing that you should be able to use on your opponent that's legal and not get disqualified. But again... It's not how it happens. It's not how it goes. And that's my, and that's my huge problem with things is you're the reason that it's set up that these things are not legal is because of other matches on the card. And when you're using those things, it's ta- it's not, you're not allowing another match to tell a story. You're taking away from the entire card. Excuse me. Go ahead. Um, I, I understand what you're saying about, them deviating from the original rules of the match. But I think this match was to combat the Cody Brody Lee strap match, which honestly was probably the best strap match I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And since they went out of the ring and since they used certain things, WWE probably was like, make it as brutal as you can make it like theirs. And I've, and Xbox, not that his opinion really matters to anybody but he uh he said that dexter loomis and cameron gimes is the best strap match he's ever seen and i was like that's false dude you're, you're totally just pandering to the wwe audience at this point because although it was a good strap match it it wasn't any it, it there was no wow factor it was just you know old school beat him up the the psychology was a little wonky in that match um, but I mean, it was an okay strap match. I don't think it was complete garbage. I definitely enjoyed it, but to come out and say like the best one you've ever seen, 
I I don't necessarily agree with that. The fact that I and I, agree. <laughs> I I agree because hell man, even when Cameron Grimes comes out and he goes, "This is the strap we're using. We're using this one," and the refs like, "This is the official one." He goes, "No, I'm not only doing it with this one." Then nothing was done with that mat. It's not like it had a special detached thing. Anything. It was like, it was just a regular strap. So the, I I get that the original the original use of it was to distract Dexter Loomis and then he just went into him, but it played no other part in that match. And when you make such a big deal about it, something should be done. I, yeah, but also it, it kind of was, and I think it's only purpose was to distract everybody. So then he could beat the shit out of Loomis and he just oversold it. So you, so you as a fan are expecting something to happen with the strap, but it already happened. You know what I you know? So I, I get how it's that a would be. Opportunity. It is. I mean, I was kind of expecting somebody to kind of like get hung over the ropes, not like brutally, but at least for, you know, four seconds or whatever. Um, an interesting concept I came up with in my head for a strap match is, although there are no rules, they they should enforce rules. Like, you should have to keep it inside the match, and there should be, like, a 10, 20-second 10, countout or something because then you could play with the finishes a little bit because I was, I was thinking, like, how cool would it be if, like, Cameron Grimes, for example, who's, like, the squirrely heel in this uh, particular feud – if he went and wrapped himself around the pole so Dexter couldn't get in and won by count out, like that would be pretty cool. And that's something you could establish rules and, you know, make it different. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think something needs to be done more to these type of matches uh, because hi, Allie. Bye Allie. <laughs> uh, because of how, you know, these things are just getting redundant. So Z let's just, We'll talk about what's your what was your favorite match of war games? Thatcher and uh Tomasa Chapa. Yeah. Hands down. Hey, okay. Absolutely. I, I was on that one. That was my favorite as well. It, cool. I'll talk to you later about yours. It was I mean, I expected it to be hard hitting with those two. So you had a hard hitting match. You I you basically had in the middle of war games where you just had a strap match where you used weapons or in the in the two cage matches, you're gonna see weapons like this was just an old fashioned wrestling match. It was two guys with two different styles. One of them is just they're they're both very intense, but one of them is more like a, a working hold versus you know a, a punch you in the mouth kind of guy. And watching the the two of them create a match that suited both of them was great the psychology behind this match the way Champa won uh i don't know i just i just really enjoyed this match and i mean i'm i might be slightly biased because the two men in this match are my two favorite wrestlers in nxt like Champa's always been on the top of my list as far as a favorite in nxt and thatcher from just from just watching his in-ring work got himself over it in my book. Like he, he, it started all like he was almost like a, a Benoit type of character where he didn't have a lot of say, 
but he was very intense and like could work the arm, make you submit, stretch you like kind of like a, a Stu Hart dungeon kind of gimmick where, you know, he, he's had his little students and he gets them in the ring and he stretches them and all that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of that. That's uh, it's always grabbed my attention. And then he, and then he goes and does it in the ring and everything he does is believable. And he, and he's a type of guy where you look at him and you're like, Vince, Vince would never hire him. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the look. He's missing a couple of teeth. He, he basically, when he first came on, I was like, wow. So Dean Ambrose 2.0, because he, he kind of looks just like Dean Ambrose does, especially when he wears like the beater and jeans. Um, but I, you know, I, I can't have, I don't have, I could talk about Timothy Thatcher and like the way, the things he's done to impress me since he's been on TV for hours. So, Smitty, why was it your favorite match? Uh, I, it was like, he said, it was one of those hard hitting matches and it was, it was one of those gut checks in the middle of a show. Uh, when you had, you had, you had gimmick matches and gimmick matches. It was nice to have this. It was, this was something nice. Uh, Timothy Thatcher's. Every time I see him in the ring, he impresses me more and more. And he's shown he asked Orizzo with the thatch can stuff that he's been doing. All you guys realize this was the second match, right? Yep. Okay, like because both of you said the middle of the show with the no. strap match and everything. I was like, what? I I didn't say the middle of the show. I just said it was. You know, you have all these other gimmick matches, and then you have this match that okay. there's no. You know what I mean? All right. I felt like it was meant to try to be a cool-down match, but I was more excited after watching that match with everything else that was to come on the show. See, I don't think NXT has cool-down matches because we always talk about how good NXT pay-per-views are. You know, every match is really good. Uh, so I don't, I, I, can't, I totally know that WWE throws in cool-down matches. There are matches they throw in that you're like, I don't give a fuck about this. Well, when you have 12... 12- I was going to say, when you have 12 matches on the card, though, you need a filler cooldown match here or there. Right. This is a five-match pay-per-view. The, you're bookending it with your uh, the pay-per-views, the names of the pay-per-view, the, the gimmick matches for the show. So you got, you're starting off with the War Games. You're ending with the War Games. Obviously, you're going to throw the other ones in the middle of it. And because of the, the way NXT goes, I can't say there is a cooldown match. And I agree with you guys. I think this match was phenomenal. It was great to watch. I hope uh, Thatcher's ear is okay because I'm pretty sure fucking Ciampa blew his fucking eardrum out when he hit him with yeah. the knee. Um, he, he, he was fine on Wednesday. Okay, Doesn't mean his eardrum's okay. <laughs> so, that is a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, now, now he's missing, you know, now he looks more like Picasso than Dean Ambrose because he's missing an ear and got a couple teeth. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. I thought this match was spectacular start to finish. They fucking beat the shit out of each other. And it was good. And it felt like it went a really long time. They gave it 16 minutes. Almost 17. Right? Um, and these gentlemen just fucking went at it. And I can't say anything bad about it. Now... A match I can say some bad things about was the triple threat match for the North American uh, Championship, and I can say bad things about it because it just it just seemed like like the story they were trying to tell made no sense to me, right? Like 
The entire build for this match was Ciampa wanting to get at fucking uh, Damian Priest and Damian Priest fucking over Johnny, I mean, sorry, Johnny Gargano wanting to get at Damian Priest and then Damian Priest fucking over Johnny Gargano to where Leon Ruff was just like, guys, I'm fucking here. Yet the match never took that spot. Not, not once. It was sometimes Priest was like, get out of my way. I'm trying to be a good guy to you, to Leon Ruff. But not once in this match, outside of when the possible injury fucking happened, which was a dumb, stupid type, hey, you went through the barricade. Everyone goes through fucking barricades. It's not the special. Barricade, the barricade's a fucking pad. Right. Like, are you fucking kidding? This is what took you out? I was more concerned about the lady that fell in the background taking out the other barricade than I was. Yeah, fucking I saw that. Okay? Yeah. So what the fuck with that? The, the bottom line is there was so much that could be built into this match that they just didn't utilize. And I felt like this was, to me, the biggest letdown of a match. Like, you guys are talking uh, the fucking strap match being the worst match. I just never got into this match as much as I should have. You know, there were spots that were good, but... You literally made Leon Ruff look like he can't do shit. Like the entire fucking match, you shit all over him. Not once did a fuck like barely anything hurting uh, Damian Priest, right? Like I get that you're trying to build a David and Goliath type thing there, but eventually David's got to do something. And he did nothing to Damian Priest this entire fucking match, right? I was, took- I was not all right with the ending. Huh? Wait, the, the hokey ending kind of pissed me off too with the, uh, the ghost faces and all that. Dumb. The person they revealed was fucking horrible. I, every fucking thing about this match, I thought was absolute shit. The story in it, the, tell, the, the build was one way to where that match could have been spectacular to watch. It was not. Fucking Austin Theory coming out as the dude behind Scream. You know, hey, I'm going to take my mask off and I was the guy in the Scream mask. Um, is that how you raped the thirteen-year-old? It was. It's me, Austin. It's me all along. Uh, okay, hold <laughs> on. So, first, first of all, I agree with you. With this is the worst match of the night. All I said about the strap match was I could see how Smitty would think it was the worst match right. of the night. This was, and for the exact reasons you said, the build-up of this thing was great. The buildup to this thing was two guys using Leon Ruff to fuck with the other guy. And in, and in the process of things, Leon Ruff becomes your North American champion. Awesome. Great. Um, when we were doing our scorecards, I picked Leon Ruff to win because I, I thought he wouldn't get a lot of attention in this match. I thought it would basically be Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Gargano, they beat the shit out of each other. And at the last second, Leon Ruff comes in for the pin and, you know, wins the title back, making them both look stupid. I think that would have been a better ending. Uh, The thing I did forget about was was the ghost mask. Had I remembered that Candice and Johnny have these little minions running around, it would have changed my pick because that the way they, the way they inserted the ghost masks people into this match was good. The the way they used them was not. I I did think when Austin Aries took off Aries. the mask. Oh yeah, what 
Austin theory. Yeah, I don't want to get those two mixed up because that's bad for Austin Aries. Um, but yeah, Austin, he's, he's hurt his own reputation enough. Yeah, but then from using his mouth, not touching people he shouldn't touch. Um, Again, still using his mouth. <laughs> all right. Um, fuck. Well, so the I I thought the play on the nine, 1990 feud or 1999 feud with the undertaker and everything. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. I thought that was really clever. And had it been anybody else named Austin, I would have fucking loved it. But you have, you have this guy who's been accused of, and now there's video evidence of him like, uh, seducing, si- si- no, not, not forcing like seducing. Like I didn't say, there's not an actual video of him hooking up with a 13 year old. So, but there is like, he sends inappropriate pictures. He sends inappropriate fucking comments. Like you clearly have a sexual predator on your fucking payroll and you don't do a fucking thing about it. And you don't because the guy's talented. This led to my tweet earlier this week that if you're going to, if you're going to hire sexual predators based on talent, then Chris Benoit needs to be in the fucking Hall of Fame on the same merit. There you go. Smitty, what did you think about that triple threat match? Uh, as a, I feel like if we have, have Leon Ruff wins, you can take it a few in general. He said, uh, whole ghost, like, I'm not a big fan of the whole ghost face thing. And like he said, Austin Theory reveal outside of the one line, I really didn't care for it. So it, it was. On a lower tier, but it still wasn't my least favorite. Like I said, I just wasn't into the strap match. I think I, I don't had care so much about the strap match. match. I wanted to. I, I, had a, I think I think the only thing that this one like, I had anticipation for this match, and it did. It felt it felt short. Because I said, like I said last week, the whole Leon Ruff story, having him like go over like the one to three kid did against Scott Hall against Razor Ramon back in the day, that builds a nice story. And it gives Leon Ruff some. Uh, it gives Leon Ruff's character some development. Well, with what happened on Wednesday, it takes Damian Priest completely out of the North American title picture, so you might see a carryover of Gargano <clears throat> versus Ruff going forward. So it'll still give Leon Ruff a little bit of spotlight, especially if he's working with Johnny. Johnny's going to make him look like a million bucks. And so, you also got you also have the fact that he's also engaged to Audra Smith, who's one of the NXT uh, referees. You can involve her and have him, and they can do some I, type of double turn. I didn't even know that. I fucking wish they would have done something with her. Like that'd be really good to actually have a ref in your pocket. Yeah, like Leon Ruff could he could make that heel turn with his wife to be of uh, being a referee in uh, in NXT. Oh, uh, yeah. what you guys, what you guys are forgetting though, it's WWE, and they don't even in NXT other than Drake, they don't really utilize referees in their storylines. Man, speaking of Drake. <laughs> Uh-oh. What I do now. He didn't do anything. Have you seen the shit that's going on about him? Drake, the referee? The yeah. One that the guy was that a ring crew champion? With? Yeah. yeah. He is like a QAnon guy, and he's like all over Parlor, spreading all the conspiracy theories. And people are bringing it up and like, he's like deleted social media accounts and everything because that dude is like, 
Uh, like, this real shit. Back, so back to Austin Aries. Uh, <laughs> Same shit. <laughs> All right. Flat Earthers. Now, let's get into the main event of this show, which was another fucking swerve for me. I guess it, sh- it wasn't a swerve. The minute the first match en- ended, I knew who was winning the men's war game matches because the reason I picked on my scorecard uh, that Undisputed Era was going to lose is because I was picking Shotzi's team to win, right? So it just makes sense that it's going to flip-flop a one heel, one face. So the Undisputed Era goes over for only the second time in four War Games matches. Again, that's Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish. And they beat Team McAfee, who is uh, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and the NXT Tag Team Champions, Danny Burch and, Orny, and Oni Lorcan. Smitty, talk about this match. See, I was really impressed with this match. Like, Pat McAfee impresses every time he gets in the ring, every time he's on the mic. Uh, like I say, that fucking swan tie he hit from the top was fucking beautiful. <clears throat> say, honestly, the wiffle ball bats, I did laugh at the wiffle ball bats uh, when Birch came in with the wiffle ball bats. The, like, the York, cricket bats? The cricket bats? The, the cricket, the cricket bats. I don't know why I said wiffle ball. Because they were made out of the same thing that wiffle ball bats are made out of. Let's not pretend that they yeah, were real cricket bats. I mean, and anyone that's actually seen a cricket bat, it looks like one of those fucking college paddles. paddles it doesn't yeah. look like a, a piece of foam with a handle. That was... Oh, like, like I love the Slam MT reference, by the way. That fucking... He was like... Uh, uh, when he was like... Uh, Casey Jones, when he brought up Casey Jones. Uh, oh, yeah. Made a Casey Jones reference. I was like, fuck yeah! Because that's the only way of a fucking cricket bat. Yeah. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, like, Kyle O'Reilly shine, like, like, they've been just polishing Kyle O'Reilly over the last couple of months on NXT, so, like, just his performance was fucking phenomenal. Going, he went from pillar to post for the whole match. Um, it, like, it was just, a, it was a really good match and I really enjoyed it. it. I think it was the best way to close out the show. Z, talk about it. Um, CM Punk made a reference. Uh, either last week or the week before. And, and, it ba- and it basically said that if Pat McAfee is cutting the best promos on all of the basically saying all of the WWE shows he's cutting the best promos that the talent should feel embarrassed about it. Like, and, and not, not, and he even went further to say, like, not that I'm saying that they suck, but it should be motivation to do better if a guy that doesn't really work within the business is cutting better promos than everybody. Everybody should take this as a time to step their fucking game up. Um, and send, I didn't know what to expect when they first signed Pat McAfee. For I thought he was going to be a commentator. I didn't know that it, w- it was rumored that he might do some in-ring stuff. And that first match with Adam Cole, I was like, okay, like, dude gets it. Uh, dude needs uh, a little bit of training, but he gets it uh, as far as what to do um, in the ring with psychology, how to work with people. I mean, granted, he was in there with Adam Cole, so he probably 
was made to look a lot better than he actually was. But ever since Pat McAfee has stepped in the ring, he's impressed me. His moonsault is fucking beautiful. It sucks that when he did it in the match, it looked like they botched the catch. It, well, it looked like they botched the, the catch or he might have overshot it because his his ass and legs hit the mat pretty fucking hard. And I was like, ooh, like that 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 probably stung a little bit. But he his in-ring psychology, man, is it's it's great. He knows how to tell a story. Yeah, I mean his his wrestling obviously needs some work. There there are, it it's kind of like what Bubba says on Busted Open, where if you do, if you can only do five things, make sure that you do those five things to the absolute best of your ability. And I feel like Matt, Pat McAfee does that. He doesn't have a very big arsenal right now of wrestling moves, obviously because he's new, but he does, you know, about three or four things in the ring and they are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> so, um, he just gets it. And I think if he's going to have an in-ring career, um, I'm willing to watch where it goes because, uh, like I said, he's impressed me every time he steps into the ring. And then you got to think about it, man. Um, like, like you said, uh, one, he, he impresses every time you get in the ring. But then you hear stories about Rob Gronkowski. Now, Rob Gronkowski was too scared to take a little jump. And you got Pat McAfee doing all kinds of shit, right? This is a dude who was a fucking punter in the NFL versus a guy who is a fucking tight end who is what? But you got to remember that Gronk is kind of like Kevin Nash. Every, he, if he moves the wrong way, he gets injured. <laughs> Still, there's a huge thing where there's like a One doesn't take as much fear. Right, I'm not trying to. I'm not, try, not trying to knock down McAfee's fucking punting career and say he was a little bit. It's the bitch position in the NFL. But uh, no, because he used to hit people like he was a fucking linebacker. Right, when, that's that's why I'm not trying to knock it down because that's what a lot of people think. You know, you're the kicker. No one's really supposed to touch it. You know, so it's the bitch position. But it's not true because that kicker McAfee was a fucking beast. So, but you get into here. And you get, you see everything with it, and you're just like, man, hearing a story about Gronk not being able to fall 10 feet. Vince took it. <laughs> so, yeah, Vince I, had to take it. And now you see Mac, he do all these fucking things in the ring. It's like, bro. <laughs> but, okay, the, the slight, difference, slight difference is – Gronk was a fan of wrestling growing up and wanted to be a part of it. They asked him to do a jump. He's like, uh, he, he's scared, right? Like, if I fall from 10 feet, if these guys don't cut, catch me, like, he's probably got all these questions going to set in his head. Whereas McAfee was actually, like, did some indie wrestling and shit and understands that you have to trust the talent on the ground to jump. So, like, yeah, I'm jumping from 10 feet, but I know these guys got my back, so here I go. Like, whereas Gronk is probably a little less trustworthy because he doesn't really follow the business. He was just a fan as a kid, and he's a big name, so they brought him in. Whereas, like, Pat McAfee clearly loves wrestling. (laughs) Right. Do you see it? And 
like what was even better is he went on his fucking podcast the next fucking day and wore a neck brace. He, he, was, still sell- yeah. he was still selling war games. And that is amazing. Like in a time where K-Fabe is basically fucking dead, he still goes on his, his show the next day and fucking sells the shit out of it. Like that, that's great. That's great for the business. Like that. He, like I said, he just gets it. <laughs> it's a, that was for his Mac, McAfee was really good in there, and like I say, it would make sense for him to be last because uh, we didn't like you know everybody in that match could go, and McAfee he, he pulled his weight, and he can shine as like a a Bobby Heenan type manager where he doesn't wrestle all of the time, but. You know, Heenan in his heyday as a manager would get in the ring and take bumps as a manager as part of like a six man tag and shit. Yeah, like when it was AWA with Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, so like you could do the same thing with McAfee as he, you know, hones his in ring skills. I mean, I don't know if the beast doing it with the hurt business right now, too. Kind of role like that where he's kind of managing and doing in ring stuff. Right. So I, I mean, the cool thing about Pat McAfee is since he's he's new and he seems to be fitting in the role really well of what he's doing you storyline wise creative wise you can do anything you want with him really he's a clean yeah. slate he, and again he's a welcome surprise in all of this when you're not expecting like think about it we were talking months ago about man what's wwe going to do with this roster it's like basically you got a few people that people know and again i nxt just surprises you you know it's just which is it's just really sad to say that they surprise us because we should just not expect a surprise anymore i don't they they build up everyone so well they do go ahead nope I was going to say, we used to talk about it all the time on the show. Like the show, well, what is it normally? Like the takeover after WrestleMania and they call a bunch of people up and we come on our show the following week and they're like, oh, they took this person from NXT and this person from NXT. Like what the fuck are they going to do? And Triple H just moves new guy. It moves. Like, it's like he's playing fucking chess, man. He just moves pieces in different fucking positions and carries on about the fucking game. And he's done it every time to the point where I'm no longer surprised. I look at the roster and go, well, they'll figure it out. They always do. Right. Yeah, I look at the I look at the piece when they bring in a new PC recruits, and I'm like, oh, I know this person, this person, this person. They they should do fairly well at NXT. So they only signed two of the three members of the Rascals then. Yeah, they, yeah, they signed it, Dez and Wentz. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because I didn't see Trey Miguel in there. Yeah, he's not. Know. Yeah, he's he's thinking in between AEW and WWE. He hasn't signed yet. All right. Um, all right, so what do you rate War Games, Smitty, out of 10? Um, 8.5. Okay. Z? Uh, I'll give a solid 7. I'd like around 7.5. Again, it was really I'm good show. Over judgment. <laughs> you said what? Uh, apparently, I'm the Paul Abdul when it comes to <laughs> judging these pay per views. Yeah, which, which, like, when you said that number, my first thought was, didn't you just hate one of these matches? How are you giving anything overall? I didn't hate that. that. I, no, I already said earlier, I didn't hate anything. I enjoyed everything, but I, there were just certain things I liked more than others. I thought you hated the strap match. 
No, he 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 he. Okay, so at the very beginning of the show, when you got up and walked away and told him to talk, he said that every match on this card was at least decent. And then when he went into the the strap match, he was saying that if he had to pick one to hate, that would be the one he hated. Not that he hated it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I still, it was seven, five, it, cause no match on this fucking card to me was outside of like, I really loved Thatcher Champa, but I wouldn't sit back and go, man, that match was a Matt classic. I would say it was a really good match, but I can't say it's a Matt classic. And if you're not giving me anything like that, then I have, I can't, I can't give you anything over than a seven, five, like great. It's a great pay-per-view. It's not a holy shit, this is one of my favorite pay-per-views, right? Um, so I think I rated one pay-per-view this year an 8.5. So giving my ranking for this, I was kind of going off of that, like, eh, this was a good pay-per-view. Like, I enjoyed it, but I, I wasn't jumping up and down like, oh, my God, that was the best pay-per-view I've seen all year. But, you know, as NXT always does, it delivered with a solid pay-per-view from top to bottom. 100%. Um, and in the news, before we go into AEW, Impact Wrestling, all of that stuff, uh, Smitty brought up uh, how people come in from the PC for NXT and how he's excited. And there was news this week that people were sent to the PC. Um, some people look at it as a demotion. I don't. I don't give a shit. Uh, I think it's a good thing. But so, Smitty, you brought it up. Let's let's talk about who it is that that they're sending sending to the PC. Uh, Keith Lee is obviously the big name that everyone's like, what the fuck? Uh, Otis Dabakato, Dio Madden, and Omos are also have, have also been sent to the PC. Um, Omos is the guy that the big tall dude that stands behind AJ. Dio Madden obviously in Retribution. Otis is the guy that uh, just you know. Uh, and then I he fucked him. over. I love him. Uh, He's an alpha. He's an alpha. Davicato. Smitty, what are your thoughts on this? I said three of those. When I I first initially read it, once again, the Keith Lee's surprise everybody. Uh, There's rumors that Otis works stiff, so that's why they want to send him. But uh, I'm like, nah, these are like fat guys. But uh, um, the other three, they're all pretty green, so I can see why I'm sending them down. Uh, We're sending them for some extra extra in-ring training. But that's because the initial part was they're going down for additional in-ring training. Yeah. So when that's when that's why the whole key like the fuck. Why key? Let me ask you a question. Who's the greatest basketball player in the world right now? LeBaron James. Okay. Who is the greatest football player in the world right now? That's highly debatable because depending on true, like but just give something. me who you think it is. I'm a big Derrick Henry fan, so okay. I'll probably right. say. Um, that was the worst. Baseball? <laughs> yeah, I do every night. Like I'm not as I'm not as. Uh, Who do you think is a really good baseball player right now? Aaron Judge. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so I just picked you just, one off the top I, of my I, head. But you gave you gave off three of the top athletes in each of their respective sports, right? And you would assume that, you know, these guys are great. They're obviously really good. How often do they practice? 
Unless you have an Iverson, you practice. You talk about practice. That, still, how often do they practice? Uh, probably most days out of the week. Very good. So, to me, now granted, I also know that Vince is a dick, right? Let's let's not pretend like this isn't anything. But Vince going, these guys need to have a little bit better of a work ethic. I love Keith Lee. I'm not trying to knock Keith Lee in any way, shape, or form. As a matter, as a matter of fact, I think Keith Lee should have been going to the fucking performance center by his goddamn self anyway. Like, you're really fucking good. Go get some more reps in. Because all you right now, wrestling is way different than it has ever been. Currently, at this moment, you're wrestling one show a week. Yeah, I, I okay. So I was going to touch upon that when you got to me that there's no live shows. So if there were live shows, Keith Lee, all, all five of these guys would probably be on a house show every night, getting their reps in, getting better. But you no okay. longer have that every day of the week. So now twice a week, I think it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, they go down to the Performance Center and train with Gulak and Adam Pierce. Um, with Keith Lee, like a lot of people are mad because they're like, well, he doesn't need work. I think he does because in NXT, he worked a completely different style that worked for him. Ever since he came up to raw, they asked him to work a, a slightly different style. And I feel like it's fucking with his head and you can see it in his in-ring performances. So what do you do? You set him down to the performance center so he can get more comfortable with the style they're trying to have him portray. And it's only going to make him better. Like ha- having extra reps is just making people better. So it's really not a bad thing. It's not like Vince was like, oh, Keith, you're complete shit. Like, go down to here and do that. No, he was like, hey, uh, there's a few things you guys do in the ring I don't like. Why don't you go to the performance center and practice them? Like, he didn't fire them. He didn't get rid of them. He didn't, he's not making them job. He's literally, literally, Vince is finally doing something that makes sense and wanting the, his future talents to get better. Yeah, and that's why I, I, hate, I, I hate the fact that I think it's more of a knock on Keith Lee that he has to be told to go to the performance center. I really honestly feel that way because some of the best people in this industry are still take, have rings at their house and are taking reps, right? I understand that Keith Lee is not one of these money guys, like old school, you know, guy that, you know, that have the money to just buy their own house, buy the ring. He's freshly called up to raw, right? So you're freshly called up to raw, People in NXT, if you watch that 24, he was doubting himself a lot in NXT when he first came in. And they were like, just keep going. Do what you got to do. Give it time. But in NXT, you're constantly at the Performance Center as well, right? So he gets called up to Raw. I'm not positive that he – as a matter of fact, no, I am positive. Because if you have to be told to go to the Performance Center, you're not at the fucking Performance Center, right? Period. You should be working on your craft to be the best you can be as much as you can. I understand that this is a very physical sport with no padding, right? Like I I would say that taking a bump in wrestling, especially if you're doing something from the in ring to the out of the ring or from the top rope to the fucking mat is a lot more painful than two football players going at it, except for some of those hits, right? Well, I I was going to say back when Orlando was on the show, he said, I think I'm, not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure he compared taking a bump in wrestling to getting hit by a car at 35 miles an hour. He did. I specifically, I I, you're 100% correct on that. And that's what I'm saying. So these guys, 
should want to get better, run the ropes, fucking, I mean, they got those big fucking puffy things that you can land on if you're trying to, you know, take more uh, of the high risk stuff. It's, it's, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think, it, I don't think it's a bad thing on Vince. I think it's a bad thing on these guys that they had to be told to go. Right. And that's what no one's the people that probably at is like, who fucking cares that they're told to go to the performance center? Get better. You want to be better. You want to okay, be but what, top but, of your game. And that's where you practice. And I'm sorry, Allen Iverson can make all, you can make all the jokes about Allen Iverson's practice. How many fucking NBA championships did he win? <laughs> <laughs> so the guy that bitched about practice won zero titles. Yet you got guys all running. Jordan has six. Rodman. Fucking Robert Ori. I'm not even talking about the fucking... Let's not even talk about the top guys. The fucking little guys who practiced and got their shit down. Robert Ori used to just fucking throw a fucking shot to, and then he would hit the three. That's what they he was up. And he practiced it. And he practiced and practiced and practiced. So no matter fucking what, when you needed to count on him, he was there sinking that fucking shot. Right? That's what it is. Dennis Rodgers... You, you, you go, you go. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the top guys. Let's talk about Robert Ori, who has I don't know what seven or eight. eight. But that, no, I'm, I'm talking. But at the same time, when you're talking about the San Antonio Spurs, you're talking about fucking Tim Duncan. You're talking about uh, Ginobili. You're talking, you know, th- those. But are the at top the, but at the end of that playoff series, you were the talking about Robert Ory. <laughs> but that's what back that back cast. That's why I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying is they're not a top guy, but they're the top guy of the supporting cast. But that's why. They could be counted on is because what they did was perfect their craft. Um, so the right, fact I, that these what? No, finish your sorry. So that's what I'm saying. So the fact that these guys have to be told, "Hey, go get better," is okay. Do well, right. yeah, they, if that's what you got, was go for the goose, go for the gander. Send people like Carmella and freaking Nia Jax down to the performance center as well, because we damn sure know that Nia Jax needs some work with the end ring stuff. All right, Carmella, well, Carmella, even though she's getting better, she still needs work too. I love Carmella. I I I, I like Carmella too. I think she's gotten better in the ring. Although oh, no, I said she, she I mean, she still needs work. Yeah, but she she was working on her physique, so she gained a couple pounds, but of muscle, and it really showed this past week on um, SmackDown. She she didn't have the flexibility to lock in the code of silence, and you could see it. Uh, Sasha did a good job of like covering it up, but Carmella couldn't do that stretch anymore. Um, so, by the way, I thought it was I thought it was dumb to have like they're setting them up for TLC, but then they still have them clash on front on SmackDown this Friday. That was dumb. Um, whatever. Uh, we're we're talking about something else right now. Um, there you go, Z. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm an apprentice in a union, and there is a training center that is always open. For me to go practice my skills, like for for example, welding. Um, but with them having classes, I have to call and make sure there's a spot open for me. So relating that to this, maybe it wasn't Keith Lee just avoiding going to the performance center. Maybe they were using the performance center. So Vince was like, All right, Tuesdays and Thursdays, here's your time slot, you five go. Like, you automatically get those days. You don't have to, like, show up and see if there's a spot. You know what I mean? It, it could be one of those deals. I'm just trying to, deal, like. If that's the deal, I'm okay with it then. I agree with that. Well, well that's what I mean. Like that's, So, you might be 
being a little too hard on them, but also we don't know the backstage shit. Like, are were they not going? Because I'll tell you right now, if I got signed to WWE, I would be in that pr- performance center every day. When Triple H was in WCW, their story is he was at the power plant every single fucking day, lifting weights and working on shit and trying to get better. And I'm like, the same way. Right. So, I mean, like, it, I, I don't want, I don't want to call the, I don't want to call those guys lazy or anything among those lines without knowing, you know, the full story. I, yeah. I'm also not, I'm sorry if it's coming off as me calling them lazy, I, uh, complacent. I'll give you because again, okay, yeah. it, it's not even like Keith Lee's bad, right? I'm not trying to say Keith Lee's bad. I, I think Keith Lee is one of the better workers on the entire WWE roster, be it raw SmackDown NXT, right? I think he's in the top percentages of people. I love Keith Lee's in-ring work, right? But my thing is, if you're if you're sitting there complacent, I have a problem with that. How can because none of the no, not a single fucking person who's been a great in any sport was ever complacent. They always worked better to make work to make themselves better. And I'm kind of and if that's what it is with Keith Lee, if it was him being complacent. I'm not giving him shit for fucking uh, not being good. I'm saying, dude, don't rest. Fucking run that shit. Keith Lee is wonderful. Keith Lee is amazing. And I want him to be one of the greats. And he can't be one of the greats if he's sitting there complacent, wondering what's going on. Granted, I also know WWE is weird. Right? Let's not pretend WWE is the... uh, it's oh, I get in here and I can just do this, this, and it. No, it's WWE is weird. But in a well, time and, like and this, I, when everything's shut down, when you're not getting daily reps, when you're not on the road five days a week, you live in Orlando, you should be going to the performance center as much as you can if you have that ability. Right. And I, I'm kind of sick of people giving Vince shit for this because this is one of the things I don't think Vince should be getting shit for at all. Because even if, He's like, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. Who fucking cares if we told he has to go? Because they should be going no matter what. Well, and I mean, they get mad at, okay, and they, when I say they, I'm referring to the internet wrestling community. They get mad at Vince when IWC. they start pushing guys like Keith Lee or they bring guys up from the Performance Center and they're not used the right way. They're not pushed the right way. They're not pushed in the way that the fan feels they should be pushed. And Keith Lee is still a big staple of Monday Night Raw. He's been on it every week since he's been called up. He's been in, and it's not like he's, you know, jobbing to the wrong people. Like the people he's losing to when he loses are prominent names. So that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And instead of yanking him from TV, instead of burying like they do everybody fucking else, Vince goes, hey, I need you to go do some extra work so you can get better. Okay, cool. You're leaving him on TV, all that. You know what I mean? Like, So this is a, a, a better move than I, moves Vince has made in the past. So if, and, it, and it said that Vince really sees like a mega push for Keith Lee, well, then I'm going to do whatever the fuck my boss tells me if they're going to push me to the moon as long as I do it. Like, right. like I said earlier, I think the first three, like three of those people, because they're all fairly new to the business, like guys like Deal Madden, uh, <clears throat> big dude that's behind AJ Styles and 
Dabakato. Homos, whatever his name is. Homos? <laughs> no, almost. No, almost. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, but those three guys, they're all fairly new to the business. They're fairly green. Like, I can see why sending those three. You know, the other ones, like, the reason they said apparently they sent Otis is they say Otis work, has been working stiff lately. And Good. It's probably, huh? Good. I think people should work stiff. Some people should work stiff. It's not like you're injuring anybody. Fuck, dude. Uh, like, man, how many people acting old school work stiff? Look at JBL. JBL is one of the stiffest workers in the fucking world. Right? I, like, yeah. <laughs> also, one of the biggest locker room bullies is a whole problem. I, I think with Otis, it's probably more of a, a stamina thing because he's been a tag team wrestler the whole time. So he's only had to do like half of the work. So again, he only had he has a very selective move set, and especially being a tag team wrestler, he didn't really need one. But if they're giving him a singles push, he needs oh, to hone his no, skills. No, 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 just wanting to lose some weight. Come up, come, well, not. I mean, that'll probably come with the extra reps. I mean, it is what it is. But you get a guy. Okay, he can only do three things. Let's get him down to the performance center so he can do six things and. You know, whatever. And he's a big guy, so if he only does six things, it, it's kind of believable. I mean, hell, man. All you need is five moves of doom, bro. You can be a top I, dude in that fucking company. For 15 years. Right? right? <laughs> I mean, the Caterpillar is basically like the five-knuckle shuffle. It's the worm with an elbow drop. Yeah. So it's a Caterpillar. <laughs> Worms have no arms to do elbow drops. Some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about wrestling's great interpromotional stampede. Kenny Omega be showing up on shit, bro. Kenny Eight. Omega was on like three different shows this week. Barely on At his own. At the same time. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> Triple Mania. Wasn't he on Triple Mania? Yep, Triple oh, Mania. He, he was on He's a mega champion. champion. Or he's he's a mega champion. He's triple, he's triple I'm mega champion. Still, he, he he cut a promo on Impact. He cut the same promo the next night. Um, okay, I have to think about that, bro. Why? It, hold on, you, you'll have your chance to talk. Um, then he was on uh, Resolution, and while he was on Resolution, he was also defending his Triple A Championship life. With a fucking avalanche one-winged angel. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love how they present his bus like it's an episode of The Bachelor, though. Like, <laughs> I love that. how his promo on Impact kind of set shit up for him to just win belts all over companies. Uh, the ultimate dragon. <laughs> that some bitch was like, I just like, I like to think of myself like more as a collector. A collector of belts. <laughs> okay, Teddy, let's do it, bitch. <laughs> he got you let's 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 be very honest here right i have always said kenny omega was a really really good wrestler i've also said that a lot of his shit was overrated right but again i say the undertaker is the most overrated person uh, in wrestling right and i say that not saying the undertaker sucks i don't think the undertaker sucks i think he's one of the best big men in wrestling history Right. But when people throw him on their Mount Rushmore as the top four in wrestling, I'm like, no, 
bro. It's he's not. He's not a top four. If you put him on a Mount Rushmore of big men, yes. When you put him in, that's why I say in wrestling, he's the most overrated people in wrestling because so many people, in my opinion, put him so high up the list. But it's not like he sucks. It's not like he's average. It's not like he is minimal. Undertaker is great. It is fun to watch him wrestle. wrestle. That gimmick has lasted the the end of time. So again, I still say this. I think Kenny Omega sometimes is overrated, right? I don't think he puts out the best match every fucking time he goes out there. I think he does a lot of repetitive shit in his matches. But it doesn't mean he sucks. It doesn't mean he's bad. And it doesn't mean he doesn't have crossover appeal that can bring other companies a lot of fucking views. And if you look at Impact's Twitch views this week, it fucking shows. It almost hit a million. All right. All right. Okay, so I watched, I made sure, like, I always record Impact, might watch it, might not. Uh, I made sure I watched it live this week because, you know, because of the Kenny thing. And then, um, because Kenny was on Impact, I watched AEW over NXT live because I wanted to see what would happen. I was slightly disappointed when literally the only thing that happened on AEW was the same exact thing that happened on Impact. And but with that being said, um, just an example of how this helps impact greatly is I bought Impact Plus last night so I could watch Final Resolution. Boom. Not not necessarily that I was interested in the matches that were going on, which by the way, um, I, I have on nine those. But I I watched to see what Kenny and Don Chalice were doing there. Like that is literally why I tuned in. And I'm more when it comes to Impact or AEW or New Japan or ROH, I I always know what's going on via the internet, but I'm more of a casual fan for them. Whereas, like I watch all of WWE, well, more so because I know people. The more people I get to know in these other promotions, the more invested I get. I mean, that's just how it works. But, um. You have a casual fan tuning into your product now because I want I want to see um, what happens, like what's happening with all this. Like, is Tony Khan buying Impact? Is this a working relationship? Is is this um, AEW's second show? Like, what are they doing? Uh, is Kenny going to go to New Japan? Like, can we get Kenny holding every? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different ways. And the cool thing about the only good thing about him cutting the same promo every fucking time is you still really don't know what the fuck is going on. So you're still going to keep tuning in. And this is probably the first time in about a decade where I'm actually interested because I have no idea where the fuck they're going with this, but I'm very, very curious to find out. Smitty. So uh, when you said about the cutting the same promo um, impact and on uh, dynamite, I understand why they would do that because yes, having Kenny on uh, Impact it brought more views over there, but the accessibility of Impact, unless like you like Walt here, he said he does he doesn't even want to bother with Twitch, even though you can watch for free on Twitch. Uh, not everybody has Twitch, and not everybody has access TV. So cutting the promo, the cutting that same promo on Dynamite kind of made sense because you may have not seen the uh, Impact the promo Impact, which I thought was delivered better on Impact as well. With uh, uh, Don, Ke- 
But okay, I, all right. But if you want to watch Impact, like if you if you really like if you're really that interested, you're gonna find a way to watch it via oh yeah via, via YouTube before it's taken down, or you're gonna go to the free Impact site and you know what I mean. So, um, I. I don't know. I, I think one of Kenny's biggest flaws, like he's a great wrestler. Like Mikey said, he does a lot of repetitive shit um, that I don't always agree with, but I mean, some of it's cool to watch. Um, but the guy is not a promo guy. The guy's not. Oh, that's guy. why Don Callis is with him. And it's well, perfect. Well, but the problem is you have Dan Callis with them, but Kenny's doing most of the talking and most of the shit that comes out of Kenny's mouth is clearly a scripted promo that he just reads here and here and here and here. Um, so I, I actually made a comment on one of the platforms last night to somebody saying that while this is a good thing for all companies involved, it's also exposing one of Kenny's greatest weaknesses and that's promo work. I mean, but, it, you know, back to the whole practice thing, like you're not going to get better unless you have the reps in. So it, it's cool. But at the same time, like I, I find Kenny boring. I find Kenny as boring as face Randy Orton. Promo wise. Yeah. Promo wise. Like I, I love watching his inter- Like I won't say love, but I, I never really understood the hype. But again, I was like a casual fan fan. Right. So after watching him wrestle live on TV in AEW, I was like, okay, I get it. But then I watched watch him cut a promo and I'm like, okay, I don't get it anymore. Because, uh, you know, when I think of the best wrestler in the world, I think of the most well-rounded. And Kenny's promo work is a gaping flaw. Um, whereas everything else seems to be in order. It's just... I, I feel if you're the best wrestler in the world, you're good to great at everything, maybe mm-hmm. not an absolute master of everything. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. One hundred percent of all master of none. Kinda. I mean, what what is it? A uh, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but a master of our uh, oh, what is it? Master master of none. But still better. But still better than a master of one. Good one. So he shows up on Final Resolution as well. Uh, it's the first interaction between him and Carl uh, Anderson in fucking years on TV. Uh, I, I guess I, what I want to kind of get at is like, remember we we were talking about last week, Smitty. You were just like, I don't understand where this is good for them as well, right? For impact. Like this is like, the No, I problem. said it was good for everybody. Okay. I'm trying to remember what maybe it was the other stuff that we were talking about then. So obviously impact views fly up. I highly doubt that we're getting a purchase of impact, though it's a great tease, right? Kenny being a collector of belts, do you think that Kenny takes the Impact World Championship? Uh, if Moose doesn't, if Moose doesn't, it'll be Kenny. All right, so I have a question about that because uh, was it on Impact? They had the they they kind of planted seeds for 
a rich swan moose penny program. feud. Well, no, no, no. They planted seeds when Rick Swan walked up to the guy at the bus and security oh, yeah. guy was there like, sorry, impact champ, not on the list. And like turned him away. Josh so they kind of, they kind of planted seeds with that uh, for Kenny and Rich Swan. But then you have Moose, who's obviously after last night is coming after Swan's belt. Um, do you, I, I guess my question is, do you guys think they're going to put the title on Moose and then do Moose versus Kenny and Kenny wins both the TNA and the impact world championship belt or, uh, or does Rick Swan beat Moose become both, you know, both. And then Kenny takes it from him because I mean, the way, the way I see things going, no matter who has a belt, Kenny's probably taking it. If this is what we're doing. But also in final resolution with the whole bus thing, they, they kind of may have teased uh, Good Brothers versus Bucks as well. They plan a seeds for that. And final resolution. All right, so I got a quick question because I, I really don't hold know. Hold on, hold on. Let's answer the first question. Okay. Smitty, right. answer the question. So, do I think... Uh, I think that you'll probably get a better match out of Swan and... um, Like, you get a better uh, mesh in the style between Swan and Omega than you would out of Moose. So, I think Moose, like, you know... Um, Having Swan as a giant killer would give him a little bit more credibility as champion before going against somebody like Omega. So I think if anybody, it'll be Swan versus uh, Omega. I think I also think Swan versus Omega is the way to go. I think that's the match that's going to be. It's going to be the star match. I, I, and, Moose is you know, good. I like I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to knock Moose, but when you're talking about two styles and how cohesive they will be in the ring, Omega Swan. Is the top draw? That's what I said. He's yeah, I, was I was agreeing. Okay. So, what was your next question? My next question is, who what, who originally started the Bullet Club? Like, what were the original members? The I know first Carl, member, I know. Yeah, well, Fergal uh, uh, Devitt was in a tag team, and yep. he turned on his partner with the help of Bad Luck Fale. So those are your and first two. I, no, I thought uh, I Carl your Anderson. Next one, I think your next one was Carl Anderson. Oh, and then you get the Tongas after that. Yeah, and the then the Tongas and then Gallows also yep. came in after that. So if you're looking for your first original, Carl Anderson is OG Bullet Club. Right. I, and in fact, I thought it was him and Balor that like behind the scenes came up with the idea. Like I thought it was like part of his brainchild to do this with Finn. May have been. It may have been. Uh, yeah, the group was get all the guys in in one group. Yeah. Okay, but well, the Western okay. people in New Japan. And then, so, okay, yeah. so, so of Kenny, Omega, like when when does Kenny Omega fall into? This is this this was after AJ was the leader. Yeah, Kenny Omega's like over post AJ. AJ. He took oh, okay. over for AJ. He, when they kicked AJ out, that's when Kenny took over. Okay. Yeah, because they were announcing Kenny as the newest member, and then super kick. AJ's yeah, super, gone. Kenny's running it. So, so the only way to have like a real reunion would be as if Finn left WWE. Finn or AJ and AJ. No, but I'm I, saying the original like was Finn, Fale, and Carl Anderson. So to have a actual reunion of the original, Finn would have to leave WWE. 
or WWE would have to be actually open to working with other companies, regardless of just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I could I could see that for NXT though because I, you're right they they do yeah. like business wise and contract wise and social media wise NXT seems to be completely different rule set than main roster because there are still NXT people and I don't know uh, there were maybe they shut them down too that were doing cameos and twitches but flew under Vince's fucking radar because it's NXT. Yeah, and that's, what, that's where they started. It was the NX, a lot of the NXT people, and then the WWE people started doing it, and that's when Vince caught wind of it because people were making dude, the fucking dude from the office this year, the fucking the guy that spilled the chili, Kevin. Okay. He's gonna he's the most he's the highest paid member on Cameo. The guy the founders of Cameo did some f- sort of something interview and they were like, Yeah, that guy's gonna make over a million dollars just from our fucking app. Our platform. That's Are you amazing. fucking kidding me? A million bucks just for saying, hey, everybody, it's so-and-so. I'm wishing you a happy birthday. Bye. You fucking cut a 15-second This motherfucker's going to make a million goddamn dollars? And his shit's not even that expensive. Yeah. Fucking hate Cameo now, by the way. <laughs> Fuck Cameo. Why? Why do you hate Cameo? So, Cameo used to be a real cool way to interact with your fans, right? It was drop 50 bucks, you drop 100 bucks maybe, you know, depending on how popular the person was. And you have good fan interaction. You got MJF who uh, jumped on there through a $600 one. Ric Flair did a $500 one. Now you got fucking Cody Rhodes on there for a thousand fucking dollars. And it's like, it went from being a cool way to interact with people to if anyone has a name in anything, they're fucking raping you. It's not just cool, fun fan interaction anymore. It's now, hey. It's a business now. Yeah, it's to the point where it's, it's, it's not a fun business. A thousand fucking dollars to have someone give you a shout out, cool, right? But how many people are left out in the dust for that? Yeah, I'm even gonna afford a thousand dollars when you say hi. I I mean, but at the same time, I'm also the Undertaker's. Like, it, it is. Like, I was it is. It is. So. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Z was talking first. Shut up, Smitty. Um, it is a business, and people are just pushing boundaries. Like, if somebody's out there for a thousand dollars, and somebody actually pays it and makes it worth their time. I, it sucks because not everybody has a thousand dollars. So it's not this cool, unique thing anymore. But at the same time, in the interest of making money, if somebody's willing to pay a thousand dollars to have me say something for 15 seconds, that's their own stupid choice. And I'll gladly take the money. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. But that's, it, it takes away from what it originally was fun interactions with your fans. But, the people that are charging a thousand dollars, were they on it originally? Like, aren't no. the people that? Oh, okay. So I was gonna say, so the people, that, the people that were there originally are probably still, you know, doing cheap ones for their fan base, and then these assholes that think they have a bigger name or a bigger following just come out and be like, "Oh, you want me a thousand dollars?" Now, 
Uh, real quick, just touch on the Undertaker thing before before giving it to Smitty. Um, the Undertaker only did 30 appearances. So having them at a big markup, I kind of understand, especially, you know, limit. it's a limited edition thing. So we're going to charge a little bit more. I mean, when you think about it, that's 30 at a thousand dollars. That's 30 grand. 2,500. That doesn't make sense. 30 times a thousand is 30,000. Yeah, but they charge twenty five hundred for each one of the takers. No, I thought it was a thousand dollars. Was it not a thousand dollars? I swear it was a thousand dollars. Because I was I like, oh, if you get well. if you get ten, if we got everybody from yeah, no, it was a thousand dollars. Because I was like, if we got everybody from our little PSW and BDR ward to throw in a hundred dollars, we could have had an Undertaker cameo. Like I remember this conversation. It was a thousand dollars. So it's thirty thousand dollars, and the Undertaker's got to cut what a grand total of like three and a half minutes worth of promo. Yeah, thousand. Most thousand. I I know I know how to math, Smitty. See, and then okay, and I agree. Like, so, like okay, so Flair comes out. He's the first one charging five hundred bucks. This fucking massive fucking money, right? And he's making it, and everyone's like, "Holy shit." You could charge this much money. And yes, people have upped their price on Cameo. Um, but then you get things like, so Snoop Dogg's on there for $1,000, right? <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan's on there for 400 How is that for the kids? How is Wu-Tang for the kids if they're for 400 bucks? That's all I'm saying. It's not, kids can't afford $400. You know, yeah, Drew Brees yeah, on there for was... 600 Floyd but... Mayweather's on there for a grand. But... Well, well like, Floyd Merrill couldn't read. He can't read what you want him to say. For I, I don't think for now. It, it depends though. Like if I'm paying four hundred dollars for the Wu Tang Clan, it better be the whole fucking clan, <laughs> right? Really? Like, I mean, I'm not gonna pay, you know, four hundred dollars for yeah, for Rizzo and Jizzle. I mean, maybe, but I want the whole fucking clan. It's not. <laughs> I know. There's. It, it's going to be like Method Man it? and Red Man and. Nope. It's the same one. Is Rizzo Jizz and uh, Ghostface? Need some blessings. This is King Chief Jamila Reef from the Wu Tang Clan. You know, when I think about um, when I hear the name Clicks, you know, for artists that sound rugged, I think about our song like something in the hall went click click. You know, clicks. You know, it's just sound like you're supposed to be coming through rugged. Like, if you're coming through. That's it. That's all who's cutting them promo. Uh, yeah, no, not worth $400. (laughs) Yes, a rake one. Not not at all. Not not even a little bit. No. Is Method Man on there? How much is Method Man? Uh, Method Man. M E T H O D, man. I know how to spell it. No, that was actually a song. <laughs> that was the joke, Smitty. No, he's not on there. Just the whole Wu-Tang Clan. That's not the whole Wu-Tang Clan. It's just Raekwon. <laughs> Looking old as hell. Okay. All right. We got on a fucking tangent. Anyway, sorry, sidecast. Are we 
the first week has happened of AW Impact collaboration. Smitty, are you excited? You like the way it's starting? You like the way it's going? I like the way it's starting. Um, at first, I had a little bit of apprehension about how they felt like Impact was getting punked on Impact. I'm like, well, hell, if you're going to run this whole angle right now, somebody's got to look like the weaker brand, and obviously it's going to be Impact over AEW. So I was a little bit apprehensive about that, but then I see, I'm just seeing little, the little progress that they've done just in this one week. So I'm kind of, I'm still excited to see what how well, this is going to go moving forward. Z, uh, <clears throat> um, I like that they're they're keeping me on my toes. I like that I still don't really know what's going on. I'm just kind of speculating at this point. Um, it's one of those those storylines or things that kind of keeps wrestling fun because uh, no matter who you are at the moment, you're you're waiting till next week to see what happens next. Uh, you may not like what happens next, or you may love it, but you're still waiting to see what happens, and you're going to tune in. Um, the I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything bad about this right now at all. I mean, they they might try like some invasion angle, which if they do, I hope, I hope it. It's original. You know what I mean? Like, I hope it's not just like a knockoff of like previous invasion angles that we've seen that have failed. Oh, actually use a top star from your company during your invasion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty of different ways this could go. So, I mean, it's just nice to have something to look forward to in wrestling after months of having nothing to look forward to. It definitely is. Uh, one of the biggest things in wrestling right now. As a matter of fact, it's even affecting some of the people in New Japan because Tama Tonga threw out a tweet today. Uh, I believe it was today. Yep. Early this morning, uh, shortly before we went, uh, about an hour before we went on. And it says, uh, if you're not in Bullet Club 2020, you're not Bullet Club. Hmm. Interesting. Can we open up that door? Like, can, can, have we, can we um, rebuild some bridges to New Japan, <laughs> possibly? It sounds like they are. Um, the Bucks did an interview about how this whole impact thing was actually supposed to happen before the pandemic, and but it kind of slowed down talks. Uh, when even when AEW first started, they were supposed to have a working relationship with Impact. It just never panned out. But with the pandemic and everything and uh, impact on the rise like this, it's like the perfect opportunity. But they also touched upon like possible working relationships with New Japan and stuff, which you kind of already you you kind of already figured because there is there has been lately more so than any other time in AEW. There's been a lot of mention of New Japan. And I know it's mainly because, you know, the Kenny Moxley build and now Kenny's the champion. So you talk about it, but they. They, they don't, they're not, they don't say things like, oh yeah, and he was a champion in other prominent promotions or anything. Like they, they literally say New Japan Wrestling, which I know that's a WWE thing, not to say your competition's name and not maybe an AEW thing, but it, it would be interesting if a, like, let's say just, you know, spitballing here. This leads to a working relationship with AEW, Impact, ROH, and New Japan. So that also brings AAA in because AAA is uh, working with both promotions already. 
What I, but I mean, okay. So they, so literally every major wrestling promotion that isn't WWE is working together. Like that, that's interesting. And you can do a lot, you can do a lot of things with that. And you, you could also, you could also fuck up a lot of things with that, but, um, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going. And I like it also like the fact that, uh, Rocky Romero, who's kind of a big guy over in Japan w- w- backstage, he's friends with the Bucks. So that you see that I can see that relationship minute, like that relationship being mended at some point. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much possibility out there with this. No, it, it's a fun, yeah, no, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan and not watch WWE because really. Uh, I mean, SmackDown's okay, NXT's okay, but the the prominent story in wrestling right now is everything that's happening outside of WWE. Yep. And that's amazing, because it's what it should be. Especially because, fuck WWE. Fucking hate them right now. It's funny, because, like, like, I'm laughing at you saying that, but then, like, Walt's post about, like, you can like everything else and not shit talk about WWE. Like, it's hard when they keep doing stupid shit. See, but that, that's the thing, though. I'm not shit-talking WWE for the fucking stuff they're putting on screen. I'm shit-talking WWE for the shit they're doing behind the scenes with people that shouldn't be fucking working with. That's the point. That's my thing right there. I don't give a fuck what you're doing on screen. Some, I, I guarantee if I was watching it, I would find all kinds of good things about the stuff that's on the, those shows. I don't watch it. I, 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 my eyes do not go to it at all. Outside of when we have these pay-per-views, for uh, Pro Wrestling Scorecards versus BDR, I guarantee you after TLC, I won't fucking watch a goddamn WWE thing at all. Uh, Until the Rumble. Rumble. Huh? Until the Rumble. Why? Why am I going to watch the Rumble? I don't know. I'm not invested in any part of their product at all, in any way, shape, or form. The only thing I was invested in is not on the docket anymore for this WrestleMania. Rock and Roman? Rock and Roman. I'm a rock mark. That's it. That's You want to get me in? There you go. You bring the rock. But rock and Roman is gone because Vince wants more fans in the seats for that. And since they're not doing it, they're not doing that WrestleMania in California, he's going to go more likely with Big E. Uh, I thought it was Goldberg. Are they going to huh? do Goldberg at the Rumble? Uh, Goldberg's possible too. Right. I, it's either way. It's nothing that I'm interested in. I have no interest in WWE at all right now with anything. And again, it's not because of the shit they're putting on screen. Because I don't know. I was never angry about the shit that they're putting on screen. I love the... I have to even admit, I love the way this Roman character was fleshing out when I'm watching just pay-per-views. But because of how shitty they're handling backstage situations with all of these people who are coming out saying that these people were sexually assaulted, that someone forced themselves on them. And WWE is like, we're still going with these people. Matt Riddle. (laughs) This grown-up. Riddle, Austin Theory, Velveteen Dream. Like, it's not one, dude. It's not one, right? Like, the Sammy Guevara thing annoys me still about AEW, right? I, I felt like... It was, they shortcutted it. And I hate the fact that it was shortcutted. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that Guevara deserved more than what he was given. I'm saying he deserved exactly what he was given, but they shortcutted it. 
they shortcutted it to put him back on TV. Put him back on yeah. TV. When they say he's, he was gone for 90 days, motherfucker, you filmed that shit two weeks or three weeks ago. He wasn't gone for 90 days or 60 and, days or whatever it was. He wasn't gone. And that's fine. But don't try and bullshit me about it. Okay? Like, I'm not, again, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that Sammy Guevara was so fucking horrible that he deserved to be fired or suspended for longer or dropped from inner circle. You're saying he deserved to be punished. He just deserved a punishment. And that punishment that you gave him, you should have stuck with it. That's all it is about AEW. But WWE is over here going, I like this guy. He's a top draw. We're going to keep him. I don't care that he touched somebody he shouldn't have touched. For three different people. For more than one instance on all three of those people. One? All right, whatever, man. I, I get it. Like, it's that's a he, he said, she said thing. Each one of these people... Now, especially with Austin Theory and the video proof, bro, come on. Get rid of people. Show your company. You can't, you can't tell me you're doing this whole fucking thing for women's evolution and then a woman says something behind the scenes about a guy that you like and they're fucking there still. Oh, okay. And let's, let's deviate away from fucking sexual assault. Let's go with full-blown racism and bigotry. Uh, uh, Lars Sullivan is still on TV. I mean, I haven't seen him in like two weeks, but they brought him back. Um, they brought him back just I, for him not to be on TV. He's not on but, SmackDown. But, but the problem is, like, okay, Austin Theory, Velveteen Dream, and uh, Matt Riddle are very, very, very talented. They have they had a bright future, in my opinion. In my opinion the three of them should no longer be employed by any wrestling company. But then you have Lars Sullivan who is just flat out, like doesn't give a fuck about how racist he is and he's not talented. So like really what, like get rid of him. Like he's not talented, which is the only reason you're keeping sexual predators around. And he is like out, like outright makes your company look bad on social media. Those are fireable offenses that nobody would even fucking question. Like, you're afraid to get rid of uh, Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory because you think they're going to go somewhere else and be big fucking stars? So be it. At least you're fucking, you like, you release Zelina Vega for fucking keeping her fucking Twitch account and, you know, third party social medias, but you won't get rid of these guys that have been accused of sexual assault. I don't give a fuck if it's still pending lawsuits and trials and all that shit. Like until that shit is sorted out, those people should be off TV on the bench suspended without fucking pay. Like look at, look at Enzo. Enzo actually was falsely accused of rape and was let Rich go. Swan. Rich Swan. Yeah. I, accused of battery without question. Let go. No problem. Ha- handled the way. I personally believe situations like that should be handled. Now, in Enzo, in, yeah, in, in Enzo, in Enzo's case, I mean, they should have suspended him without pay. I mean, in en- Enzo's a little, little bit different of a case, only because he lied to them about what was going on. If he right. was honest to them what was going on, they would have just taken him off TV until they sorted this shit out and then made up their mind, which is personally the right thing to do. But you have Matt Riddle, who was accused. And then multiple 
witnesses came out and said that they saw it like multiple witnesses not just like oh her best friend said this like no there was multiple people that are like yeah that shit used to happen all the fucking time all right riddle you're gone then austin theory the minute you got accused of fucking around with a 13 year old you yeah you're gone and he was he was suspended until they figured it out it turns out it was just an accusation but now there's video proof of some shit. I'll be quite honest with you guys. I looked for the video. I cannot find it. I have no idea. Like the wrestling insider, I think is the one that reported on it. Um, they said it was uploaded to a popular adult website. I went to all the popular adult websites I know and looked for Austin theory. And I, I couldn't find things other than him, like posing in spandex nothing that really alludes to him hooking up with a 13 year old but at the same it, time the old jordan devlin thing too is another one that's was uh caught up in this and he's back on uh, the the, the pro- <laughs> problem the only problem with that smitty is in the uk there are different laws about ages of people and as far as minors go and shit like that so that i mean that's a whole different ball game doesn't make it right but no means no well, well, I, well it, I mean, it wasn't that he, it wasn't, it wasn't that these people forcibly like raped other people. Like, let's get that straight right now. But we're talking like statutory rape, trying to hook up with minors, be, you know, verging on maybe kitty porn. Who knows? I haven't seen hard drives. Um, but the minute you get, you know, especially with your fan base, like there are children in your fan base, like get the fuck rid of these people. You don't need them. Like, clearly, like, and we talked about it earlier, NXT does not need any of those people because they're just going to fucking get rid of them, move new pieces in, in place, and they're still going to come out with a phenomenal product. Like, the one thing WWE has proven by just the release of Zelina Vega is that you're just a spoke in the wheel. So get rid of these fucking four, replace them with different fucking spokes, and let's keep the wheel turning. Sorry, I went off. No, a that's bit of exactly a what it is. Basically, what they're saying is, like you said, Smitty. Smitty said Zelina Vega got fired for saying no. Basically, WWE is like a woman can't say no. A woman Ooh. said no on all those other instances. In every instance, and they all got released. Uh to be to be fair. Uh, to Valentine- be fair. Velveteen Dream was, uh, I, I don't think it was females. I think yeah, that's true. It's all boys. Uh, underage boys. That's true. He's like, uh, uh, he should cut, you know, his next gimmick should be a priest. Ooh. Terms <laughs> <laughs> expressed here on Breaking Down the Ring are the uh, <laughs> thoughts of the uh, ring crew only, and sometimes just he. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, yeah, you know, he's right. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's it's. But we went on a tangent because that's what it is. After TLC, I guarantee fucking to you, I'm not watching another fucking moment of WWE. And again, it's not because of what's going on on television. I have nothing bad to say about WWE's television stuff because I haven't watched it. What I've watched. I had no problem with and I've only watched it because I've had, because before I took my vow of fuck WWE, we made an arrangement. So 
I don't know how I do so well on the scorecards. <laughs> I don't fucking watch it. You, you got you got to find the right website. <laughs> I don't do that either. <laughs> that you that just clip no the uh, clip no entire two. I, I will before. say yeah. I mean I guess that that's what it is because there are times like I'll go to fucking the videos on YouTube and I'm not watching WWE videos. I'm watching people uh, talk about the things that happened on the shows. So because they're talking about the things that happen on the show, I'm getting a correlation of what's going so on. You pretty much clip note you clip note the yeah, entire product. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I should probably go back to doing. That's when I was winning. When I was clipped up the damn WWE product. There you go. Go right back to it. I'm, I'm doing great. I don't know if you know this or not. I've had two goose eggs, <laughs> but I'm still number two overall for score, Mr. No Goose Egg. Well, maybe you should get a goose egg. Not this time. Don't <laughs> Hell no. It's the end of it right now. Yeah, like I say, my, like, final stretch, my, like, my consistent scoring. <laughs> my consistent scoring has been doing me fairly well right now. Yeah, you're consistently at three or four points. Sometimes you'll hit six. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Big time. Ooh. <laughs> let's let's make, look at your I'll score my, while we're waiting for Z to come back. I'll make, 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 make my shots when yeah, I need you to. Had a 10. You had a 10. You had a four at all out, two at clash. Takeover 31, you had a 10. Three at bound for glory, you know, because impact is your shit. I know uh, I overthought that one for sure. Three for Hell in a Cell, eight for Full Gear, eight for Survivor Series, uh, six for Takeover and War Games. All right, so good job, Smitty. You only got two threes and a two. <laughs> Better than two sales. No eggs. Then you get to my scores, and it's eight zero four fifteen fifteen four twelve zero. <laughs> two goose eggs, but man, them fifteens until Nick. Just did it uh, for full gear. I was the only one to have two 15s. Now Nick's the only one to have three 15s. Nice. There's a reason we're running this shit. Because <laughs> we're that damn good? Yeah, that's it. I want, <laughs> So Nick at 15 and 1. We have to look at these scores. I haven't figured out the champ for December yet. I think it's Nick still. You think it's Nick still? We'll look at it. I don't know, because we'll find out. We'll take a look at it. I don't know where Z went. I'm trying to end the show. It's either Nick or, it's Nick or Z. It's who? It's Nick or Z, most likely. Oh, I did not think you said that. What did you say, me? No. Oh. Say what you said again, but fast. I said it's either Nick or Z. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> there you go! That's what I thought you said. I was like, whoa! Oh, I can say that word. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, I, 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 I kind of had a black Z. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of went Mark Twain on, on Z. Right. <laughs> it's it's, it's a restaurant server line. Would you like a super salad with that? You have a super salad. I'll take the super salad. No super <laughs> salad. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of went. So I went Mark I Twain on the show without him. Yeah. Ready. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. Pick up any of your Ring Crew merch. Currently, uh, Smitty is the only one wearing something that you could purchase at the shop. This is limited fucking edition, bitch. Because he's special. I'm special. I'm special. But soon, you will be able to get a brand new Ring Crew shirt on BreakingDownTheRing.com. So go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. Check out our official merchandise. We really appreciate that. Really appreciate you watching us. Listen to us. Follow us on all of our socials at BDRCast. 
We are your ring crew. Nigga Jimmy Smith. <laughs> and for Z, who's not there right now, but should be, I am the almighty one, Mikey himself. Thank you so much for watching. We are out.